Well, good morning. My name is Michael Hennon. I'm one of the ministers at Berlin Christian Church. Many of you know who I am. For those of you who don't know who I am, I want to tell you three things about myself. Number one, I love Jesus. And so I'm so excited to be here to worship Jesus with you today, whether you're here in person or if you're with us online. Secondly, I love my family. Here's a picture of our family. Yeah, so that's Janelle, my wife. We've been married just over six years. And then that is our four-month-old Liliana June. And we don't really get to take any family pictures together. And so this was like the only one I had on my phone. So that's our family. And then number three, not a lot of people can say this, but number three, my best friend's name is James Bond. Here's a picture of James Bond right there, smack dab in the middle. Not very many people can say that. I know he looks exactly like you would expect James Bond to look. But speaking of James Bond, I love stories. And so this morning, I'm going to need your help. What are some of your favorite stories or movie, movies from all time? I, I, gotta, I need your participation today. What are some of your favorite stories, favorite movies? Let's go. Feel the Dreams. Okay. That actually scared me the first time I watched it, but uh, I don't know. What, what is it? Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life. Top Gun, Forrest Gump, come on somebody, yeah, last one, in game, Air Force One, that's a good movie too, all right, yeah, so I love a good story, those are good stories, um, but I was also, confession, I was a book nerd, anybody else in here a book nerd? If you are a book nerd, many of you are like, I'm not going to raise my hand for that. Uh, but I, I loved reading books like Hunger Games series or Harry Potter or a series of unfortunate events. Those are great. For the movies, I mean, you got to go back to the Disney classics for me. I mean, you got to go to Lion King. You got to go to like Tarzan. You got to go to Aladdin. Some of these movies are great. They're great stories. But today, we're going to talk about one of the most well-known stories of all time. And so often we view it as a children's story. It's the story of David and Goliath. But what so many of us do is we're so familiar with this story that we can so easily just kind of read over it real fast or just think we know it. But since it's such a familiar story, what we need to do is come with new eyes and new ears to see and to hear what God wants to speak to us. Because what we'll find is that this is not just a children's story. No, this is a story, just making sure I was on, this is a story that will help us to develop a heart of courage and trust in our living God. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn them to 1 Samuel chapter 17. That's where we're going to be spending most of our time today. So let me set the stage for us as we get to 1 Samuel 17. So on one mountain over here, you have the Israelites and King Saul. King Saul is this tall, handsome, strong king. From the outside, he looks like the perfect king. But then on the other mountain, you have the Philistines, and you have their champion, Goliath. And what you need to know about Goliath is that this dude is absolutely ginormous. Depending on the translation of your Bible, it'll say he's either seven and a half feet tall or nine and a half feet tall. His armor itself weighed 125 pounds. His javelin was 25 pounds. This dude is absolutely ginormous. And so what I did is I went through my Bible to see a picture of what he might look like. Here's what he might have looked like back in that time. <laughs> All right, now here, show the actual one. 
So, so he is absolutely ginormous, and as a fighter, he is undefeated. Nobody has ever defeated him. And so for 40 days, Goliath comes out on that mountain, and he starts talking smack to Israel about their God, saying that God is worthless, God is puny, God is powerless, and there's nothing that can defeat him. And you know what the perfect King Saul does in that situation? For 40 days, he does absolutely nothing. For 40 days, he does absolutely nothing, and he lets the Goliath talk smack on his God. Why? Because he's absolutely terrified. He's afraid. Listen to how 1 Samuel describes him and the Israelites in verse 11 and verse 24. It says, On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. These guys were terrified. My translation of this, these guys were pooping their pants because Goliath terrified them. And so today, as we think about David and Goliath, when we think about Goliath, I want you to think about Goliath as a seemingly impossible situation, a seemingly impossible situation or task or sin that you can't seem to get over. I remember one of the first Goliaths that I encountered in my life was when I was a sixth grader. So I had a a friend of mine, he was uh, basically a neighbor living out in the country four miles or so away. And he invited me to come over to his house, and so that's what I did. I went over to his house, and we, we hung out outside. We went and we jumped on the trampoline for a while, and then he was excited to show me something. And so he, he kind of snuck into the house, and he waited until everybody was gone. And then he invited me inside, and we went upstairs. And it was at that moment that I was introduced to pornography for the first time in my life. And so for the next three years, I was addicted. And so every night I'd go to bed feeling two things. One, ashamed and in tears because I knew this was not what God wanted for me. And then secondly, helpless because it felt as if there was nothing I could do to overcome this Goliath in my life. What about you? What is your Goliath? What are you afraid of or are you afraid to talk about? Maybe for you it was something recently. Your, your boss called you into his office to let you know the news that he was going to let you go. And you have no idea how you're going to provide for your family. Or maybe for you, you went to the doctor for a regular checkup, but the doctor came in with his head down and said, your tests don't look very good. You have a life-threatening disease, and you're afraid to die. Maybe for you, your Goliath is struggling with anxiety and depression, and not very many people know, but every single morning, it's a struggle for you to just get up out of bed. Or maybe for you, your Goliath is a monster of your own making, an addiction of some kind to pornography or alcohol or drugs, and though it felt good in the moment, the next morning you wake up feeling more empty than the day before. 
what is your Goliath? What are you afraid of or afraid to talk about? This morning, we need to identify what our Goliaths truly are, because so often we allow them to rule over our lives, and instead of living in faith, we instead live in fear. And so today, the one thing I want us to remember is that God is greater than our Goliaths. God is greater than our Goliaths, and so what I want us to do is learn three lessons from David. How can we change our hearts from being people who live in fear to living in faith? How can we face these Goliaths head on knowing that the God of the universe is on our side? And so David, he teaches us three lessons. The first lesson he teaches us is that when we face our Goliaths, we need to change our perspective. When we face our Goliaths, we need to change our perspective. We need to change what we are focusing on. So when David enters the story in 1 Samuel chapter 17, he is the youngest of seven brothers. And so there's this battle going on that he hears about, but his dad says, hey, I want you to stay with the sheep. You're just a little shepherd boy. And so he is stuck at home with the sheep. But what dad does he says all right your brothers who are at the battle they're getting hungry and so he sends David into the battle he's basically like a pizza hut delivery boy delivering food to his brothers and when he gets there he hears Goliath talking smack on his God and David is not going to have any of it and so here's what David does when he gets there in verse 26 David asked the men standing near him what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David is saying, hey, I am going to kill this disrespectful punk because he is messing with my God. And I want you to catch this. When David is over here on this mountain looking at Goliath, he does not see an impossible situation. When David is looking at Goliath, he does not see a giant. When David is looking at Goliath, what he sees is God's enemy. And he sees someone who needs to be defeated. Though nobody else would step forward from Israel's army, David, this small, little, insignificant shepherd boy, steps up and says, I will take him. And so when King Saul hears that there's finally somebody who is willing to go to battle against Goliath, I'm sure he was excited because he's had his soldiers with him for 40 days. He's had his guys who are like Rocky Balboa or Conor McGregor or all these these guys who are fighters, and not a single one of them is ready to step up. And so I'm sure he's expecting David to step up there. He's going to be this ginormous dude ready to fight. And then when he sees him, can you imagine how deflated and defeated King Saul felt because all he saw was his outward appearance he saw this little shepherd boy with no armor and no military experience you see Saul was focusing on the outside but David he does not focus on the outward appearance and he does not focus on Goliath he focuses on the God who will defeat Goliath. 
And so here's what Saul tells, or here's what David tells Saul in verse 32. He says, let no one lose account, lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. David is ready to go over there and teach this giant a lesson. I want us to see this morning that what we focus on reveals our fear or our faith. What we focus on reveals our fear and or our faith. Saul and the Israelites, they're quaking in fear because they are focusing on Goliath and his strength and his size. But David, full of faith, is focusing on the God who is greater than Goliath. The God who is above Goliath. The God who is king over Goliath. David is focusing on God. And so that allows him to have a heart of courage and a heart of of faith instead of fear. It's what the Apostle Paul says in Colossians 3, 2, where he says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Don't be looking on the outward appearance. Think about spiritual things. Think about what God is doing. Think about how God is greater than your Goliath. I love what Louis Giglio, he's a pastor, such a funny last name, Louis Giglio, he, he says this, he's a pastor in Atlanta, Georgia, and he says, fix your eyes on the size of your God, not the size of your giant. Fix your eyes on the size of your God, not the size of your giant. How big is your God? A couple years ago, I was camping with my wife and my aunt near Bloomington, and after camping one day, we decided, let's go take the kayaks out. Anybody out here, kayaker? We got any kayakers in here? Not a single person. That's all right. After I tell the story, you'll be like, I'm not going kayaking anyways. So <laughs> we went kayaking, and we, we were kayaking for a couple hours. It was so beautiful. The water was a little cold, but it was so beautiful, and we decided after a couple hours, hey, we need to turn around. We need to start heading home. And as we turn around, there's this big branch that's over the water. And I thought, you know what, this is going to be fun. I'm going to just look at that branch, and I'm going to play limbo with that branch. And so I'm focusing on that branch. I'm getting closer, I'm getting closer, I start tilting, start tilting, start tilting. Next thing I know, (laughs) flip the kayak. I'm in the freezing cold water, don't know what happened. I can't get back in my kayak. It's a disaster. Kayak is full of water. I finally am able to get back into the kayak, but I'm sitting in freezing cold water for another hour as we ride back to get back to the boat dock. I was focusing on the wrong thing. I was focusing on that stupid branch when I should have been focusing on how I was tipping the kayak. What we focus on determines our faith or our fear. The reason David is courageous is because he's not focusing on Goliath. He is focusing on the God who is greater than Goliath, the God who is more powerful than the problem. So if we want to have a heart of courage, the first thing we need to do is change our perspective. The second lesson we learn from David is that we need to cling to God's promises. We need to cling to God's promises. This is a very important moment in Israel's history. So in in the Old Testament, the story of Israel, Israel was in Egypt and God brought them out of slavery and he promised them, hey, I'm going to bring you into the promised land. 
but they started to disobey God. And so for 40 years, God made them wander in the wilderness. And then finally he said, okay, you can go into the promised land. This is a, a beautiful land full of milk and honey, and I will give the land to you. But there's some Philistines there, and you need to defeat them. And so when we get to 1 Samuel, God has already promised the Israelites the promised land. And I think Saul and the Israelites had forgotten that this was going to be their land. You see, Goliath stood in between where they had been and where they were going. What God had done in their past and what God was going to do for their future. Goliath stood in between them. And listen to me, your Goliath stands in between where you've been and where God wants to take you. This is a crucial moment in your life. And so we must cling to these promises, but the Israelites, they had forgotten. But not David. No, David knows that even when he faces his Goliath, that God is going to be with him. Listen to what David says when King Saul tells him, hey, you're too small to go fight Goliath. You're too small, you're too puny, you're too much of a weakling. And here's what David says to him in verse 36 and 37. He says, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord has rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear and will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. David is courageous because he has experienced God's powerful protection and security in the past. And he knows that he has promised to do the same thing in the future. I never put this together until I was working on this sermon. But you have on one mountain, you have David over here, right? And then over here on this other mountain, you have Goliath. And so they are going to battle down in the valley, in the valley of Elah. It's down there in that valley that David is going to face death in the face. He's going to stare death right in the face. That is where he's going. And David has a a famous psalm where he talks about being in the valley. Listen to this, Psalm 23, verse 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, some of you may know it, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even there in the valley of the shadow of death, when David is going to look Goliath straight in the face, he is not afraid. Why? Because he knows that the living God of the universe is there with him. When we go to face our Goliath, we have to understand that there in the valley, God promises to be with us and we can cling to that promise earlier i showed you a picture of our little four-month-old liliana june here's another picture of her this was after she had just been delivered this is the first time i got to hold her and i want you to know in that moment number one i'm absolutely terrified i'm like dude i don't know what i'm doing 
And secondly, I'm holding on to her for dear life because I'm not going to let anything happen to her. Like if someone came in there and wanted to try and take her away from me, I'm turning into Jackie Chan or someone like that. I'm going to whoop somebody's butt because ain't nobody taking this girl from me. I was holding on to her, clinging on to her for dear life. In the same way, when we face our Goliaths, we need to cling on to the promises of Jesus. Jesus tells us this in John chapter 16, verse 33. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. This is inevitable. In this world, you and I, we are going to face our Goliaths. And in those moments, when we are down in in the valley facing our Goliaths, it can be so easy to give up. It can be so easy to quit on Jesus. And it's there in those moments that Satan is going to come to you and lie to you, and try and get you to forget about God's promises to you. He'll say things to you and me like, God could never love someone like you and me. You've messed up too much. He said, just like you were abandoned by your parents, God the Father is going to abandon you. Satan wants to lie to you and me as we face our Goliaths to get us to quit. But the beautiful news of Jesus is that Jesus never quits on us. And the very end of this verse, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world. Jesus has died for us. He has resurrected from the grave. He has proven that he truly is king. And so we can cling to his promises. And so just like I was holding on to Liliana for dear life, we must hold on to God's promises for dear, dear life. In those moments when you don't feel loved, remind yourself God loves you. In those moments when you feel alone and afraid, you remind yourself that God is with you. In those moments when you feel inadequate, remind yourself that Jesus says that you are enough. In the moments when we face Goliath, it can be so easy to give up. And so we must cling. We must hold on to God's promises. And David, he knows these promises. And so he goes into the battle against undefeated Goliath, not with fear, but with a courageous heart, with faith in the living God of the universe that he is going to be with him every step of the way. And so they have a shouting match. You have Goliath over here shouting to David, hey, you're too small, you're too big of a wussy, you don't have a chance, stand a chance against me. And then David, I think he's just full of like, let's do this, man. He's, he's just so ready to talk smack back, and here's what he says to him. Verse 45 through 47, he says, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and I'll cut off your head. I love that. This very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and listen to this, and the whole world will know that there's a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for it the battle is the Lord's, and he will give it all into our hands. David has confidence in God's victory. And here's what I want us to see. He understands there is a purpose behind Goliath. 
we must remember that there is a purpose behind every Goliath. The purpose behind Goliath is not for David to show how courageous he is. No, the purpose behind Goliath is so that other nations will hear about how great the God of Israel is. The whole purpose of Goliath is so that the rest of the world will know who the real God is. I want you to listen to me very carefully. Only in Christianity, when we follow Jesus, Only then do our Goliaths have a purpose. Every other worldview, that's not true. Some worldviews will tell you that your Goliath just happened by chance. Other worldviews will tell you that your Goliath is just an illusion. Other worldviews will just say, this is is just what happens in the world we live in. There's no purpose behind it. But when we follow Jesus, there is always a purpose behind your Goliath. Jesus wants to take your Goliath and my Goliath, and he wants to redeem it. He wants to make it new. He wants to use it for his purpose to help someone experience his saving power. A friend of mine, his name is Bryant. Uh, He's a a good friend of mine. Last August, uh, I kind of quit hearing from him. And so I just kind of figured, hey, it's probably he's getting busy, I'm getting busy, no big deal. Didn't really hear from him from August till about January. And then I got a call from him in January, and he's like, hey, Michael, I just want to let you know that I haven't really reached out, I haven't really gone to church, haven't really done any of these things because I'm struggling with anxiety. Never in my life have I struggled with anxiety, but I am now. What you need to know about Brian is he's the kind of guy that you can have a conversation about anything with him. Great dude. And yet now, all of a sudden, he is struggling with anxiety, and it's hard for him to just get up in the morning. And so what Bryant could have done is he could have just stayed in that shame. He could have just let this anxiety and depression eat him up. But instead, he leaned into Jesus. Bryant was the kind of guy who, great dude, but didn't get into his Bible all the time. Now he's reading his Bible every single day. Didn't pray all the time. Now he's praying every single day. Didn't used to talk about this anxiety, but now he is talking about his anxiety with other coworkers to help them come to know the saving power of Jesus. You see, God was using his Goliath to help other people come to know Jesus. And can I tell you about my Goliath? Back in 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, I let that tear me up for so long. But the good news is that there's a purpose behind it. God allowed me to go through that so that now I can walk with other men who are in the same kind of boat that I am, struggling with the same kind of stuff. Why? Because God has a purpose behind our Goliaths, and he wants to use your Goliath and my Goliath to help other people come to know him. God wants to bring something good out of our Goliaths. And God does bring something good out of David's Goliath. You probably know the rest of the story. David and Goliath, they meet down in the valley. David slings his slingshot, hits Goliath in the head, kills him, cuts off his head, and then the Israelites surge forward, defeat the Philistines, and here's the purpose. Other nations hear about how powerful and mighty God is. That's the purpose, so that other people would come to know him. 
in the same way, he wants to use your Goliath, whatever it is, he wants to use that to help other people come to know him and his saving power as well. So if we want to live in faith instead of fear, we got to change our perspective and what we're focusing on. we got to cling to God's promises. And then we have to remember that there's a purpose behind our Goliath. God is greater than our Goliath. But if I ended this sermon right here, right now, I think we would forget the greatest David and the greatest Goliath that any of us has ever faced. So often in this story, we can put ourselves in the place of David. But if we're anybody in this story, we're the Israelites quaking in fear. There's only one person who is the real David. He is the son of David. His name is Jesus. And this story points us forward to the greatest Goliaths of all, sin, death, and the devil. And on our own strength, on our own power, there's absolutely nothing we can do to defeat these Goliaths. In fact, Romans 6 tells us that the wages of sin is death. We, on our own, would die. But God, in his great love for us, he decided to enter the fight. And he got rid of the Goliath once and for all, not by a way that we would expect him to, but by dying on the cross, taking our sins upon himself, resurrecting from the grave, securing our victory so that we no longer have to fear anything when we trust in Jesus. Just like Larry was saying earlier, we have nothing to fear when we trust in Jesus. Why? Because 1 John 4.4 tells us, the one who is in you, the Holy Spirit, God himself, is greater than the one who is in the world. No Goliath is greater than our God, who is Jesus. And so this morning, I want to leave you with one last promise that we hear in Romans chapter 8, verses 37 through 39, reminding us that no Goliath is greater than Jesus, and Jesus will give you victory either in this life or in the life to come. Listen to these words, Romans chapter 8. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, not even our Goliaths. God is greater than our Goliaths. Let's pray together. King Jesus, we love you, and we thank you so much for your victory. Lord, we know that on our own, when we look at these Goliaths in the face, it's terrifying. And we can't do it on our own willpower. Lord Jesus, we need your help. So help us to confront our sins. Help us to cling to your promises. Help us to lean into you, because only you can give us the true power that we need. We love you and we ask for a courageous heart. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.